Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we're looking at the women's soccer team, U.S. women's soccer team, making asses of themselves on the field twice. We've got the German soccer team making asses of themselves twice. And we've got apparently an idiot who wants to ban pickup trucks because why not? We're banning everything else. And we've got this war on social media because of disinformation or misinformation, information the White House doesn't like. We've got them coming after your text messages too, folks. Wow, the fascists, fascist bashing fascists are really showing themselves to be, well, fascist. Remember, do you remember when the, the left went nuts in 2018 about voter fraud and voting machines getting hacked and unfair elections and stolen elections. No, you don't remember that. We're going to take a little trip down memory lane and look at that. We're going to look at selective, selective outrage on certain shootings by CNN and other media outlets. We're going to look into something called white lash. Here we go again. Race baiting, race baiting, race baiting, race baiting. And yeah, we're going to have some fun too. We're going to mock some people, laugh at people. It'll be better than cats. I'll be right back, my friends. Let's kick this pig. And it's me, Doug Hagan. Do you remember when Democrats were all, all, they're still going on about Donald Trump and election lies, stolen election propaganda, the nutcases that believe there were voter fraud. I'm not saying there was. I'm not saying Joe Biden's illegitimate. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to remind you of what the Democrats said back in 2018 about voter integrity, voting machines, et cetera, et cetera. Let's take a little trip down memory lane. Shall we, my friends? I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. But researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risks. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not 
those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state or maybe one or two or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. Wow. Did you hear that, folks? Did you hear that? Amy Klobuchar, Ted Lieu, I think Adam uh, Adam Geeky Neck Schiff was in there. Uh, there were several other prominent Democrats you would know. Uh, Wyden, Mark Warner from Virginia. But apparently what they were saying then magically all those problems they said they were very concerned about. They were raising concerns about it, and rightfully so. But apparently those problems were all fixed by 2020. There were no more problems by 2020. I'm not saying 2020 was stolen. I don't know enough information to make that statement or not. Uh, I know I wouldn't be stunned if it was... Uh, was a whole lot of chicanery and shenanigans going on, if you don't want to say it, and I think that you do. But I wanted you to hear from Democrats, folks, from Democrats, exactly what they were saying. And remember, one too long ago, 2004, remember? Bush only won re-election over John Effing Kerry, the French-looking candidate, Lurch himself, because voter, voter machines were hacked in the state of Ohio. That's the only reason Bush won. Bush stole the 2004 election. Bush stole the 2000 election. But now questioning the outcome of elections is evil, according to these same Democrats. Things that make you go, hmm, think on that a while, kids. So it's funny how Democrats do that, isn't it? Just funny. Now let's talk about something that, uh, well, isn't funny at all. From Animal Magnetism, a tremendous blog, tremendous uh, tremendous conservative who writes for that blog, runs the blog, it's his. And he's tough. He's smart because he lives in Alaska. And you can't be a dummy if you live in Alaska. He's got some thoughts on today's uh, Animal Hump Day news. It's every Wednesday he does this. It's a large assortment of, of great uh, great links. He has a whole section on the idiots of the week. Tremendous. You have to read this every Wednesday. I read it different days a week, but you need to go to frombearcreek.com. Look for Hump Day News and tremendous links. This guy is a thinker. I like him. And uh, I'll tell you what. If he invites me to Alaska, I might go. I might not because bears i don't know don't end up coming in, going in one end of a bear and out the other just don't want to do that in my life but let's look at what democrats are doing with your text messages uh, biden allied groups including the democratic national committee are also planning to engage fact checkers uh-oh more aggressively and work with sms carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. Yes, you read that right. They want to monitor our text messaging. I don't see any other way to read that. Well, that's what they're saying. They want to be able to go to whoever, 
your cell phone carrier is and said, we need to see the text messages of this guy. Well, that's, uh, seems like that'd be a bit a problem with the first amendment to me. And of course the, the thing with misinformation or disinformation and social media now text messaging, this is a power grab by the left, by the Democrats. They're getting everything they can out of Biden's victory. Uh, and they don't care about the constitution. I've said that a million times. We, we understand that now they care about power and they care about frightening people into silence, intimidating into shutting up. You know, when you pick up your cell phone and you're talking or you post something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, wherever it is, and you say you want to, you, you have a friend and he asks you a question or she asks you a question about the election, what do you think, or this political topic or that political topic, the last thing you want to do is think before you hit send on that post or that tweet or that comment on Facebook, whatever, or now your text message, you, you don't want to be thinking, what if they target me? What if the wrong person sees this and they come after me and I've done nothing wrong, but what if my life's ruined? Think about the intimidation that it, that goes with having knowledge that the government, the feds may be monitoring what you put on your social media and now your cell phone. And I think animal himself has the perfect three word response to this obscenity alert but he says very simply fuck off slavers he adds this is some some gestapo level shit right here we generally presume that our personal communications are you know private and now the biden handlers uh and the dnc as much as admitted that they are not what's more they are as as much admitted that they want to spy on your personal messages for our own good, of course. By the way, he asked, who died and yielded any authority to the DNC to do any of this? They aren't a government agency. They're a political party or anything close to it. They have zero business being involved in this tomfuckery at all. And what the hell are these Biden allied groups? What groups? Who are they? Why are they involved? under whose authority, where in the Constitution is any of this horse shit authorized? Oh, wait, it isn't. And again, you can vote in 2022. Vote a lot of asses out of a lot of seats. That's what we need to do. And keep voting asses out of seats if they don't live up to their promises, if they're a Republican, or if they continue to engage in garbage like this. If, my friends, if they are a Democrat. Very frightening times, it really is. Now look at look at CNN. CNN and other media outlets. I'm not dissingling them out for sucking. Because there's a lot of suckage in the media world. According to Pajamas Media, PJ Media now, Tucson police have arrested a mass shooter named Leslie Stephen Scarlett. Last week, Scarlett set fire to a house and then engaged in a shootout that left two people dead and four wounded, including two EMTs and a fire captain. Now, this guy's a psycho bastard. The people at CNN who reported this, they left out some details. There was a picture of the man 
but they, no, they didn't want to show the picture. Why? Respect for privacy, maybe? No, a lot of people are saying it's possible that uh, because the man was uh, not black, no, not Hispanic, not American Indian, not Asian either, no, no, not a Pacific Islander, he was black. Now, the fact he was black shouldn't matter. If you have a picture of a suspect, shouldn't you post the picture? Because the Tucson police, according to KVOA in Tucson, Priscilla Casper, a journalist there, tweeted this out. You've got a picture, a mugshot, it looks like, of this man, uh, 35-year-old Leslie Stephen Scarlett, who's now been arrested but it said, man killed, who killed at least one critically injured, all others in shooting at house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it has a quote from the Tucson police chief, Chris Magnus, uh, shared that the suspects later identified as th this gentleman left the scene of a house, on and on. So it's got the information about the shooting, a picture, information. Of, if you see this person, call the police. CNN couldn't do that. They, uh, as Pajama Medias points out, they, they didn't post a picture of the arsonist and mass shooter when they reported the story. <laughs> it's weird, right? I mean, I bet if he'd have been wearing a MAGA hat and a MAGA shirt, I think that picture would have been there. I'm just saying. But I guess we are scared that we'll be racist. Yes, racist. And uh, there's some more information at Pajamas Media about the shooting. There's some things just don't, uh, they just don't warrant reporting. You know, this is a big thing of the left. They've I've actually heard them say it. We, you shouldn't release a description of a suspect that includes race. Well, why not? If someone's going through, I don't know, going uh going through a, a town somewhere and they're shooting people or jumping out of the car and stabbing people, running people down. Shouldn't there be a, a, a description of that person? Physical? That way you can see them. You can say, uh-oh, let's call the police. No, it might be racist to identify a black suspect as a black suspect, but not racist to identify a white suspect or I would imagine an Asian suspect as white or Asian. Again, the media in an effort to be non-racist is being racist. They're treating different races differently based upon nothing but race. That's wrong. Should not happen ever. Now let's go back to this uh, disinformation with the media. Uh, Real Clear Politics has a piece out. Uh, Philip Wegman writing there. Writes that the Surgeon General was stern. He was authoritative, not a little out of his normal purview. Vivek Murthy explained in the White House briefing room this week that advisors from the Surgeon General were reserved for urgent public health threats an area that generally begins and ends with the human body. The food we eat, the medicines we take, substances we use and sometimes abuse. But President Biden's top doctor expanded the sphere of influence Thursday when he declared 
Take a wild guess what he declared to be an imminent and insidious threat to our nation's health. Milky Way bars, too much fat, drinking too excess every day of the week. No, playing in traffic, kicking alligators in the face. No, it's misinformation about the coronavirus. And then he dropped a 22-page report. He didn't literally drop it, I don't think. That included, among other things, a whole page detailing what technology platforms can do. They can spy on you. They can censor you. They can share what you post with the government. Big brother, the state, that's what he meant. I translated for you. Murthy asserted that tech giants like Facebook and Twitter are not doing enough to slow the spread of misinformation. Particularly about the safety of the COVID vaccine, simply put, he said, health misinformation has cost us lives. The administration, he continues, is asking social media companies to do more to monitor bad information. And we're asking them to consistently take action against misinformation super spreaders on their platform. You super spreaders. Of course, Texas Democrats that don't want to vote for a bill because they'll lose and don't want the bill passed who flee the state of Texas and run a private jet and bounce some Coronas and go to Washington, D.C. for a big publicity stunt and then spread COVID around. They're not super spreaders. They're just heroic figures, my friends. So again, go back to the opening. They want to look at your text messages. They want to look at everything now. They want to just have a look at everything you're saying. And look, I've seen some stuff on Facebook. Not Twitter so much. I spend more time on Facebook. Because uh, there's some old friends there and family and, and a couple groups I post in a lot that are just non-political, fun stuff. Um, but I've seen some stuff that just, God... You literally want to slap the idiot who wrote it. I, I don't know if I referenced this yesterday or a couple of days ago. Maybe not at all. The person posting that the vaccines, Pfizer, J&J, Moderna, have actually killed more people than actual coronavirus. Seriously, don't. Don't go out in public, you idiot. And I've read some some incredibly stupid things. And I've tried to debate a couple of people and say, hey, this information is not right. Just to clarify, just to get the inf correct stuff out there, because I want people to understand if I know something and you are confused about something, I can help you. Why wouldn't I help you? I'd want them to help me if I was confused about something. But they've been very defensive. So, again, I don't understand the the people who, who, if you don't want to get the vaccine, that's your business. But don't spread things that any idiot knows is a lie. Like the vaccine killing more people than the actual virus. I think we'd know about that. Okay. Plus, I know a lot of people who've had it. And they're all fine, healthy, walking around. The media does a terrible job. The media doesn't. I was just watching today and, and understanding You've got what are called breakthrough cases. So you've got the new Delta variant, and it's spreading pretty rapidly across the country. I note the media is not as 
not as hipped up on reporting it as they were when Trump was president. Hmm, makes you wonder. But it's spreading, and they were they were talking about breakthrough cases. These are people who have been vaccinated, and they're still getting it. And around a little over 5,000 people have gotten it who are, who are vaccinated. But 161 million Americans have been vaccinated. So your chances, if you take a 5,200-something and divide it by 161 million, as in the number of Americans who have been vaccinated, it's like 3,000 or 300ths of a percent. It might be 3,000. I forget. Uh, I looked up, did it on the calculator. I'm like, my God. It's there. You're going to get attacked by a shark, struck by lightning, and win the lottery at the same time before you're going to get COVID if you've had the vaccine. And as a doctor on Fox News pointed out, your symptoms will be much, much, much milder. The media can talk about people who are being hospitalized and being really sick with it. They haven't been vaccinated. That's important information. And I think it's it's. Nothing wrong with sharing the information, but I don't want the government looking at my Facebook posts. I don't look, look, I mean, they could read my blog. Hell, a lot of them could learn a lot from listening to this podcast and reading my blog. But I don't want the government in an official manner meddling in what I say, what you say, what anyone says. Okay, there are certain things the government should have reasonable, get a judge, get a warrant wiretap someone's phone, wiretap their whatever, fine. But for saying unpopular things about masks and the virus, no, because there's been a ton of misinformation during all of this over the past, what, a little over a year, I guess, 15 months. I mean, the media went back and forth. A lot of it was because people didn't know, doctors didn't know. Nobody really knew what the hell was going on. We know much more now, of course. Like Fauci is not a saint, let me tell you. But I just want facts because I don't want anybody to catch it and get sick and die. Okay? So there you go. Without any other political commentary, I just want you to be aware that uh, the media is, they're looking at you. They're looking at you. They're calling you an out. They're spreading misinformation about, quote, misinformation. And are you going to watch the Olympics? Just a quick survey. Just raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Sir, just one hand's good. Okay. Uh, you, 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 you. Okay. Uh, okay. A lot of people watching. I'm sure a lot of people won't. I don't know if I will or not. There's a lot of events I really like to watch. Uh, but... You know, again, the, the politicization of things, politicization of things. You've got the U.S. women's soccer team, for example. They played their first match. They played Sweden, and they get their butts handed to the three to nothing. I'm sorry, this is soccer. I'm sorry, football, three nil. And uh, before the before the game, uh, several teams, women's teams, the U.S. The Chilean team, I think the British, the German, I, I don't want to name too many countries, but they all took a need to protest racial injustice and blah, 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 and a left-wing claptrap they bought, they bought into, basically. I'm not sure if the women's team 
knelt during the anthem or not. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, but I know that people don't like that stuff, okay? You have to learn. I don't care if you're leftist. I'm going to give you a little advice. If you want to say something, say it at the proper time. You know that doing it during the national anthem or doing it at the beginning of an event like this where the U.S. women's team, national pride, national unity, root for the U.S. women's team because you're an American, they're an American, that kind of thing. But you have to pull the stunt in. And, of course, Megan Rapino said that, well, you know, we're just, uh, we just have to do it then because we get attention. We get the focus. We, whenever you do it, if you had a press conference after the game, I guarantee you, you could have said it before you went to, before you went to the Olympics, after the Olympics. You could do it at a different time. I'm sure the media would be right there. I know ESPN is going to be just breathing breathlessly. Just waiting on your words of wisdom. And you can have your left-wing claptrap little speech. You can have your virtue, virtue signaling schedule, uh, event. You can go and, and pleasure yourself afterwards and talk about how wonderful you are. Look at what I've done. I'm going to put a new bumper sticker on my car. But during it, during the game, pisses people off. They're not going to listen to you. You're doing it for one reason. Your own ego. Your virtue signals. That's what it's about. Look at me. And you know, if you have a legitimate message, and I'd say that to a conservative group, you have a legitimate message about politics, it's your freedom, baby. Liberty is great. It works for everybody. I don't care, conservative, liberal, whatever. Do it after the game. Don't do it during you're going to piss off a whole, whole lot fewer people. So uh, grow up. And then we've got the Germany's uh, Olympic soccer team. This is the men's team. They walked off the field during a preparation match for the Tokyo Games on Saturday. This is from Fox News, by the way. In response to an alleged racist abuse from an opposing Honduran player toward German defender... Jordan, uh, all German names were easy to pronounce. Jordan Tornega, let's say. So I don't know what the Honduran player did. It may be later in this little piece. So your team, you're a soccer player. Your uh, great stamina and great skill is involved in being a soccer player. I was a leading scorer on my high school soccer team. When you're 130 pounds, I could run a lot more. And I played soccer. First game I ever played, hat trick. Thank you very much. And I got hugs for the two hottest cheerleaders we had. Oh, what a great moment for 16-year-old Doug. It's pretty much all downhill from there. But, hey, I got hugs from the two hottest cheerleaders. I still haven't washed that shirt. Anyway, the Olympic team from Germany walked off because a Honduran player said something bad to a German player. Do you have testicles, German soccer players, men's team? Or do the women on the German soccer team have bigger testicles than you? Because why would you not want to stay on the field, play him, play this guy, play this team, and rub his nose? Just beat him as badly as you could. 
Go for five, six goals. Just smear them. Make remarks to the jackass every time you get near him. That's what I would want to do. Trust me, you mock me in something, you try to do something like that to me, I'm going to rub your face in it. If it's a political debate, I bark any days. I worked with a couple of people that decided they were going to, to uh, what, would, what would the kids call it today? They're going to step to me. And it didn't end well for them. I embarrassed them. I'll tell the story sometime. I absolutely wiped the floor, metaphorically speaking, with them. And they left the job soon after because, well, when you when you jump on the big dog, you know what happens. The players left the field with five minutes remaining in the game after the uh, German defender, I'm sorry, German, yeah, German defender, was racially insulted. The German Soccer Federation said on Twitter, I don't know if this gentleman is white, black. I don't have a picture here for some reason. Maybe they just don't want to show his face. I don't know. But anyway, again, rub the team's nose in what they did. If one of our players is racially abused, it's not an option for us to keep playing. German coach Stefan Kuntz said, it was hard to get him in. He was terribly upset. He was crying. The Kleenex. I need the Kleenex right now. I'm going to stop bubble down. Oh, God. Uh, and it's not an option for us to keep playing if he's racially abused. He was terribly upset because he said he was repeatedly racially abused. Uh, Coach Cunts. <laughs> Got to be careful how you say that word. Coach Cunts. Cunts. Okay. Got to be careful there. For us, it's clear this violates our values. We cannot tolerate it. We'll take our player completely under our protection. So I don't know if they forfeited the game because they walked off the field with five minutes remaining. I assume Germany will kick the hell out of Honduras just about any time. Germany is like a mecca of, of international soccer. Uh, the club... Hertha Berlin responded by saying that's the only correct decision. Hertha Berlin is the name of the club. Hmm. Sounds like an overweight German porn star. I don't know. The score was 1-1 when Germany players walked off. After the situation calmed down a bit, the whole Honduran team came over to us on the bench and apologized. That was the end of the matter for, for us. Are these these are men, male athletes playing soccer, and someone hurls an insult at one of your players, and you're we're not playing with you anymore. I'm going home. Screw you. Grow up. Grow a set, Germany. Uh, the Honduran Soccer Federation said on Twitter that the game was abandoned in the 87th minute due to the fact that a German player alleged a supposed racist insult on the part of the Honduran national team player. Uh, the Honduran Federation also added that the situation occurred due to a misunderstanding on the field of play. Yes, Honduras thought they were playing men and not little girls. Uh, so whatever. Whatever. Unimportant. Just, just to note that the Olympics is already being ruined by the Wokesters. Already being screwed up, folks. There we go again. The left, in some way, form, or fashion, always destroys everything they touch.
They ruin it somehow. Ruin it for everybody. It's like that uncle that always gets drunk and passes out and pees on himself after he started a fight and gets his butt kicked, generally by a girl. And then he gets up and throws up in a punch bowl. Terrible. He's like leftism. That's what leftism is. Your drunken uncle who pees on himself, can't handle his liquor, gets his ass kicked in a fight. He started for no reason with a 12-year-old girl and then passes out in the backyard. That's what leftism is. Yep, that's right, folks. And you'll not get cutting-edge commentary and insightfulness from anyone but me on stuff like that. Yeah, because, yes, I did used to have a friend who had an uncle who is exactly that guy. I might tell you that story one day, too. And one more story, folks. Just to let you know, I just recorded another 25 minutes and got some information right at the end that uh, maybe some of what I recorded was not accurate, entirely accurate. So I scrapped the whole thing uh, because I don't want to be what our media is talking at you, CNN and MSNBS and CBS and ABC and PBS and NPR. You get the drift. But anyway, I'm going to do a little shorter piece here because uh, I got some domestic stuff to deal with. Got to get some groceries, you know, groceries uh, to put down my gullet. We're going to go back to animal magnetism for an absolutely brilliant piece. And this is, uh, well, it's about a person who is suffering from what I call racial obsession syndrome. And it's uh, borrowed from a gentleman named Matt Tiabi. I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, but it's entitled, Or Endless Dinner with Robin D'Angelo. And you don't probably have never heard of Robin D'Angelo. Personally, I had never heard of her either. Uh, but is at TK News by, again, Matt Tabe, or Tibai. Sorry, Matt, I can't pronounce your name. I'm sorry. But he describes D'Angelo as suburban American self-proclaimed racial oracle returns with a monumentally obvious sequel to White Fragility. And from, from that piece, we get this. We get uh, Robin D'Angelo with a quote here. The ideology of individualism is dependent on a denial of the past as relevant to the present. Individualism denies the significance of race. What have I said many times? The left are collectivists. They loathe individualism more than anything. America is founded on individualism. Why is the left trying to erase and destroy America? America is everything they hate, loathe, and despise. It is a mortal enemy of Marxism, of which leftism, Stalinism, Maoism, communism, socialism, are all little bastardisms that Marxism spawned. Now, we have another quote here from uh, 
Uh, I'm not even going to reference that. Forget that. It's from a racist white guy. Screw him, too. Uh, but here is the quote I want you to focus on. This is what Tabby writes. Nice racism. The book-like product just released by the vanilla ice of anti-racism, Robin D'Angelo, begins with an antidote for the author's past. She's in college. She's gone out to a dinner party with her partner, which means, I guess, her significant other. I don't know. Yes, they partner. You can't say husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. You just have to say partner. If not, you're insensitive. With her partner, where she discovers the other couple is, gasp, black. D'Angelo writes, I was excited. I was so excited and felt an immediate need to let them know I was not racist. She explains, adding, I proceeded to spend the evening telling them how racist my family was. So he's throwing her brothers, sisters, I guess parents, uncles, aunts, whoever under the bus to appease people that she's never met before. I proceeded to spend the evening telling them how racist my family was. I repeated that because of think about what she's doing. Think about the mental disorder here. I shared every racist joke. <laughs> story and comment I could remember my family ever making. Now, how, what a, what better way to endear yourself to two new black people who may become your friends? Well, probably not since you made a total ass of yourself and acted like a psychopath by making every racial comment, racist joke you could tell, uh, and you could think of to prove that you're not a racist. I hope this woman has meds and refills. Predictably, her behavior makes the couple uncomfortable. Shocking, I know. But I obviously plowed ahead because she's a damn leftist who doesn't have a lick of damn sense. Ignoring their signals, I was having a great time re uh, regaling them with these antidotes and proving myself to be a complete psychopath. The proverbial life of the party. She goes on, my cred progressive credentials were impeccable. You can't pick the impeccable folks. I was a minority myself, a woman in a committed relationship with another woman. I knew how to talk about patriarchy and heterosexism. I know all those cool words. I was a cool white progressive, not an ignorant racist. Of course, what I was actually demonstrating was how completely oblivious I was. Yes, you are an idiot, Robin D'Angelo. You are so obsessed with race, you made a complete ass of yourself. Instead of just being a person going, hey, nice to meet you. And, and then just conversing like normal people. No kidding. Instead of trying to amp down her own racial anxiety out of basic decency, this author fed her fears uh, fed her steroids and protein shakes, growing it to a brontosaurus size before dressing it in a neon diaper <laughs> and parading it across America for years in a juggernaut of cringe that's already secured a place as one of the great carnival grifts of all time. Nice racism, the rare book that's unreadable and morally disgusting, but somehow 
Also important is the latest stop on the tour. So her new book is called Nice Racism. And she is, apparently she is a, uh, I mean, an absolutely glistening jewel of incredible idiocy. And this part, according to Animal of Animal Magnetism, is actually one that made me laugh out loud. This is from Matt Taby again. Reading D'Angelo is like being strapped to an ice floe in a vast ocean while someone applies metronome hammer-like strikes to the same spot on your temporal bone over and over. You hear, you hear ideas repeated 10, 20, 100 times, losing track of which story is which. Are we at the workshop where Eva denies she's a racist because she grew up in Germany? Or the one where Bob and Sue deny their races by claiming they think of themselves as individuals or the one where the owning class white woman erupts because no one will validate her claim that she's not a racist because she's from Canada and go read the whole thing. It is very, very good stuff. I wanted to close with something uplifting and the sheer stupidity. And again, when I say racial obsession syndrome, this is racial obsession syndrome. This woman, Robin D'Angelo, on steroids with nuclear grade capability i mean this is absolutely unbelievably crazy and that's it for me folks i did manage to keep the show a little shorter this this time thank you for listening i appreciate it morning noon or night whatever you listen thank you if you wish to contribute to the daily gator daily thought podcast if you wish to contribute to the delegator.com you can do it all you have to do is go to on the blog, thedelegator.com. First post is a sticky post. It's always there up top. It has a button in the in the uh, post that says uh, uh, buy now. Links to my PayPal page. Make a donation. Thank you if you do. I appreciate you. No need to. You don't have to. Okay. And please keep the donations under $5 million, Okay. I don't want to be too pretentious. And the IRS may frown. But anyway, if you want to contribute on a monthly basis, then you can do that on anchor.fm. Doug Hagen. If you want to go there, just uh, go to the part that says uh, support the podcast, and you can do that. And uh, you can give whatever you want. It'll, it'll be a monthly subscription type thing. And if you do, I thank you. If not, again, that's your business totally. And I appreciate you listening. Like I said, remember the three golden rules of life, my friends. If you're left, there's no way in hell you're ever going to be right. Ask Robin D'Angelo. Thank you for listening again. The second rule, golden rule of life, is God to bless America. And finally, number three, don't forget number three, go Gators. Y'all have a good day. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. God bless. And be good. And have some fun today. Will you go do something fun with the rest of your day, kids? Take care.